0: My heart a melody, Jesus, whispers sweet and
1: low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 Jesus sweetest name, my sweetest name I know, fills my every longing. Keeps Feasting on the riches of his grace, resting neath the sheltering wing. Always looking on his smiling face, that is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing. Me I have a song that Jesus gave me. It was sent from heaven above. There never was a sweeter melody. Tis a melody of love. Ring my heart, there rings a melody. There rings a melody with heaven's harmony. Love. I love the Christ, Christ who died on Calvary For he washed my sins away He put within my heart a melody And I know it's there to stay ring my heart there Rings a melody there rings a melody heaven's harmony In my heart a be my endless theme in glory with the angels I will sing. T'will be a song with glorious harmony when the courts of heaven ring. Jesus, sweetest name I know It fills my every longing, keeps me as I go Jesus, Jesus, sweetest name I know It keeps me singing as I go I know that soon he's coming back to welcome me Far beyond the starry sky I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown I shall reign with him on high. Jesus Jesus Jesus, sweetest name, my name I know fills my every longing Keeps as I'm keep
2: with us. We're going to sing a congregational hymn while the choir comes up. Hymn 52 in your hymnal, To God Be the Glory. Let's stand together and we'll sing the first and last verse of Hymn 52, To God Be the Glory.
3: defender, always a total defender. So when we come to visit, they join us up on the platform, and that thrills my heart to see those two guys serving so faithfully here. This is like on home days. We make this, hopefully, like a yearly tradition. This year, you people did not organize the soccer clinic. Colonial organized the soccer clinic. And I have to tell you, I'll I'll be honest, because we're family, right? We've spent some time together. You guys do a much better job. I mean, the weather was... (laughs) The weather was awful yesterday. <laughs> it was cold, but it was windy. So, yeah, there's that. Well, you guys actually, the first year you learned, it was you—you you got that fixed after the first year. Last year it was like perfect. We were Lola looked like lobsters at the end, right? <laughs> but we love this church. We love your pastor, the man with the golden voice. We love the energy in this building. And uh, we. We always feel loved and welcomed. And we've expanded our repertoire. I mean, that, that group, the men's group right before, is kind of new for, for us this year. And I'm a bass. I'm a bass, right? And it is great to know that there are some songs that we sing that we can forget the words and still sing, like, ba 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 <laughs> Might as well. I mean, right? right? It's like, cantaloupe and watermelon, cantaloupe ba 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 all right, enough frivolity. That's, we just sang our, our men's team song, Is Arise, My Soul Arise. It is a tradition for the men's soccer team. We sing that before games, before team meetings. We sing it whenever we can because the doctrinal truths found in that song just speak to our hearts. There are some truths in there that when we pause to consider that, we are just blown away. Up with the line, I now am reconciled My pardoning voice I hear, he calls me as his own, I can no longer fear. What a deal, huh? So we like that song so much we're going to sing it twice. We'll sing at the end a different arrangement so it can stir your heart more. But we ask you to just to join with us today as we consider these truths that we find in God's word. They are truths that resonate with us, that motivate us through the day, that we can meditate on through the day. And hopefully the songs will linger in your brain and in your heart as you look to faithfully serve him. We sing our women's team song through How Firm a Foundation, another song that's just rich for us to consider. So our repertoire changes from year to year. And this time around, we've chosen many songs that speak to comfort and assurance for the believer. Our God is a God who hears us when we call him. This truth is found in Psalm 4, verse 3, which says, But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Our next song is entitled, God Who Hears.
1: God, who dwells in courts of praises, angels song your rightful due. Still you stoop to hear a sinner bring a broken heart to you. to
2: The ladies come and join us the next song we're going to be singing is I am with you this song has special significance it was written to encourage the hearts of the believers of colonial baptist church after the bus tragedy in 2013 when Chad and Courtney Phelps their unborn daughter and Tanya Weindorf lost their lives it reminds us still today that God is always with us in times of deep sorrow and in times of quiet peace Isaiah 41:10 says fear not for I am with you Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. sure foundation. This is a comforting truth that gives us confidence in this changing world. The next song how from a foundation affirms the truth in second 2 Timothy 219 that says the foundation of God stands sure his word and his presence are firm.
4: Tells us that God sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And Isaiah 53 5 through 6 says, But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. This next song considers those truths and personalizes them. It was for me he died.
1: And Why choose a simple stall? Why wander poor and homeless? The King and Lord of to see the light of all creation shining there for me it was for me he cried for me he died for me he shed his blood upon a tree it was for me Shame for me, oh, praise his name. It was for me. Why stay in Olive's garden? Why spend the night in prayer? Why suffer such betrayal? in anguish kneeling there. Why leave his mother crying? Why set Barabbas free? The spotless Lamb of Heaven given there for me. Why climb that dreadful mountain why suffer agony why give his blood a fountain spilled and broken flowing free when he walked the road to calvary gave his life so willingly broken there the rose of sharon died for me it was for For me he shed his blood upon a tree. It was for me he came. For me his shame. For me, oh, praise his name. It was for me. The king who came from heaven. cry there is no room now must lay his weary body in a cold and borrowed tomb but the grave it would not hold him death lost its victory The risen Lord of glory is living now for me. For me, it was for me. He cried for me. He died for me. He shed his blood upon a tree. It was for me. shame. For me, O praise his name, it was for me. For me, O praise his name.
2: One more time, and we'll sing together, Oh Magnify the Lord. It'll be on the screen for all of you, and we'll sing the first and last verse, Oh Magnify the Lord.
3: we continue, I'd like to just introduce a couple of dignitaries we have with us traveling, and over here to my right is my good friend Pete Wright. That's right. (laughs) And uh, he's a soccer dad. He's Buddy's dad. Buddy is right here. And he's a former soccer player at MBU, and he drives the bus for us. And he also is like our musical consultant type person, resident expert, so to speak, because we need help, right? So, Right, and then doc, good friend Dr. Davis down here. I get the privilege of traveling him to Kyrgyzstan this summer with the, some of the soccer guys. And you can ask him where it is because I'm not too sure. I think it's a, over India someplace up there. So we are looking forward to that. We'll, what Dr. Davis will be preaching for us later. We're looking forward to that. But now we come to the time of the program where we share an interesting fact about ourselves, select few, because if everyone went—I know it's a popular thing here, I was told— Andrew, I think, told me that this is like what people look forward to, which is kind of interesting because we don't <laughs> practice this. Uh, we share an interesting fact about ourselves. And if all of us went, we would we'd miss curfew, right? So we are just going to select a few people. And this time we, are, we selected the seniors to go because this is our last trip together. And it is hard for me to look down the row and realize that these people are moving on. It is something we prepare for. We strive, that's our mission statements, to prepare people to serve in the local church to infinity and beyond. But when it happens, it hurts. It's a loud ripping sound in our hearts. So we look forward to this. And we're going to do something a little different since you're family, right? You're family, we've already established that. Families speak truth to each other. That's, that's the whole thing. So this is actually a team ritual, if we have rituals as Baptists when incoming freshmen come in they have to share their name, where they're from, an interesting fact about themselves, and we vote and we are brutally honest and we do the old Roman emperor thing we either give them a thumbs up which state, wow, you're, you're an interesting person welcome to the club or we give them a thumb down which is feedback, which says we do not think you have an interesting life you have got four years to straighten up <laughs> so I'm going to allow you all to vote to see if that project has been actualized in these people's lives, because they've been with us for some people four years, some regenerate, or some souls that have finally been jumping on the sanctification bandwagon only played with us one year, but maybe you can tell who that is by how interesting their life is. So, I think the ladies are going to start off, Maya's going to, oh, I shouldn't have said, you guys, that's her job. Here we go, Maya. Wait,
0: Maya.
2: Hello, my name is Maya Hoffman. I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And my interesting fact is I graduated college at 19. You can ask me why I'm here later. Everyone, my name is Esther Bishop. I am studying early childhood education.
5: I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and the summers there are very nice. So me and my family, we would have lots of campfires. And what's a campfire without a marshmallow? Well, I'm one of those people, you stick it in, you wait two seconds, and it's ready to go, because it's on fire. Well, I wanted my dad to blow it out, so I went, dad, blow it out, and it hit my brother in the face.
0: Actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Joel,
4: I am from. My name is Jimmy Beachel. I am from Troy, Michigan. I am an exercise science major. An interesting fact about me is I was in the hospital for five days and almost died from an iguana. Uh,
2: My name is Thomas Holloway. I am from Birmingham, Michigan. Um, So interesting fact about me, my very first time on the soccer team, my interesting fact was that I could do the splits, and I got an overwhelming uh, thumbs up. Four years later, I can no longer do that.
4: (laughs) My name is Drew Smith. Um, I'm from most of the United States. My family recently changed their residency from Colorado to Utah. I've been in Wisconsin for five years and I'm moving to Florida in three weeks. Uh, My interesting fact is that I've had Chicago pizza in Chicago and New York pizza in New York. I've had a Dole pineapple on the Dole plantation. I ate a french fry at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I had a Belgian waffle in Belgium. And I had a hamburger in Hamburg, Germany. And I played soccer at Maranatha Baptist University.
0: (laughs) That
2: was better. Hello, my name is Braden Hansel. I'm a senior nursing major. Interesting fact, going off of Drew, I ate a Frankfurter, like a Frankfurter in Frankfurt, Germany, um, but that's not my interesting fact. Um, in high school, I got to tour the Senate floor, um, and we got to go out and sit in the senator's chair, and there's a chair where a senator got assassinated in, and it's like m- memorialized, and it's a chair where someone got shot. So I got to go up, th- we can't sit in it, but I got to go up to it and see where someone died right there.
4: Well, I'm Buddy Wright, a senior accounting major, and I don't want, any, I don't want to say any names, but probably, probably my least favorite coach is actually with us here right now, and his name is Brett Kernoyer. <laughs>
1: Shall I see Jesus and reign with him above, and shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning. And from the flowing fountain drink everlasting love, and shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning. Oh, shout with glory, I shall mount above the skies when I hear the trumpet sound in that morning. Oh, shout with glory, I shall mount above the skies, when I hear the trumpet sound in that glory. the trumpet, the trumpet, the trumpet, but now I am a soldier, my captain's going to be drunk, and I hear the trumpet sound in that. That
0: morning
1: that morning, that morning,
6: that morning, that morning, that morning. When shall I be delivered from this vain world of
1: sin? And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning, morning, that morning. And with my blessed Jesus drink endless pleasures in. And shall hear the trumpet sound in that morning, that morning. Oh, shall with glory I shall mount above the skies when I hear the trumpet sound in that morning. Oh, shall.
0: With glory, I shall mount above the skies when I hear the trumpet sound, sound in that morning, in that morning, in that morning, in that morning, in
1: that morning, in that
0: morning. morning.
4: We serve an awesome God. He gives us comfort assurance, and salvation. All these things make our hearts rejoice. Who is like unto our God, the song asks. No one. He alone is God. Our next song, This is the Day, is Psalm 118.24, put to music. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. With added truth found in Exodus 15.11,
5: Who is like unto
4: thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee? uh, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. This
0: is the day that the Lord has made, and I will be
1: exceeding glad. This is the day the Lord has that the Lord has made, and I will sing my Maker's praise.
4: song, Arise, My Soul, Arise, written by Charles Wesley, is doctrinally rich and diverse. But the central theme of this song is found in these two passages. Hebrews 7, 24 through 25 says, But this man, Christ Jesus, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And then Isaiah 49, 16 says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands.
5: What I like about this is that uh, remember the days, you remember what it was like being in high school, so either you were the cool kids, the jocks, or you were in band and choir or whatever else. And this pulls that together to say that ministry is a cool thing to do. And I just love that about this. So Dr. Matt Davis is uh, here traveling with the group, and uh, he is going to come and speak to us. He's the chief executive officer of the college and uh, has a great spirit about him. We've had him before. Good to have you here, Dr.
6: Move my own furniture around here. We'll get situated. Since we're family, all right. Uh, Coach Pill introduced Mr. Wright as a soccer dad. I am also a soccer dad, Coach. I didn't know. If, I, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Mike Davis is my son. I don't know if you realize that. Uh, and uh, so I know we don't resemble each other real much, a whole lot. Thankfully, he takes after his mother uh, in most things, and so that's a good thing. But uh, I very much enjoy uh, traveling with the choir, uh, with the the collegiate choirs that we have, with the Tonal Defenders when they have the opportunity to go out, and uh, I just enjoy being around the teams. It keeps you young, right? And uh, it, it reminds you of how out of shape you really are all right? <laughs> when you travel with these young people, and they are full of life and excitement, and as Coach Pill mentioned, some of them are graduating and Despite our best wishes, they're going to move on in life and uh, do what they are destined to do and what God has called them to do. And so that's a, that's a bittersweet moment. We're just a couple of short weeks away from commencement, one week left of, of class, and uh, I'm so thankful that these young people were willing to give up an important weekend in the semester, really, to, to be here and to serve and to minister, and I hope it's been a blessing to you as well. Turn your Bible to Psalm number 91, Psalm number 91. In 1995, I had the opportunity to travel from Maranatha with what we call the Messengers Ensemble, and there were seven of us, four guys and three girls, and uh, we had an interesting summer. We got in a lot of trouble that summer, actually. It was the first time that Maranatha let a mixed group of undergrads go out without any adult supervision, the first time. Also, the last time that that was allowed to have happened, and that was a failed experiment in the extreme, uh, not because of the guy-girl dynamics, but just uh, crazy things ensued. We got arrested in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That was uh, not a very fun experience. Really not arrested as much as rescued, I would say. We climbed up on the Garden of the Gods. You ever been there? Yeah, you're not supposed to climb up on that. But the, the back in the mid-90s, the signs were not very clear. You know, they, they said, no rock scrambling. That's unclear. I mean, I'm a lawyer now by profession, but I, I I'd interpret that as being like crazy and running around on the rocks and scrambling. You know, And we weren't doing that. We were very carefully climbing all the way to the top of the kissing camels, which is one of the, the formations that's there, 600 feet straight up into the air. And we thought that although it was difficult to climb up, uh, that we could easily walk down the gradual slope on the other side. Not true, actually. There is no gradual slope. And so we got to a point of no return, and uh, there on the ledge, we were about midway down, 300 feet up in the air, and uh, sitting on this ledge... And there were three of us guys. The fourth one was kind of a ninny. He didn't go along with us. Uh, the smart one, okay. And uh, he was back in the in the van leading a prayer meeting with the rest of the group just for our safe return. But uh, we, we were sitting on that ledge, and we were truly stuck. I don't know if you've ever been stuck like that in life. Like, did you ever have that feeling? Do you remember the first time, I should probably say, you had that feeling like, I could literally die in this situation. This is dangerous, and uh, we, were, we were contemplating very serious thoughts like that and how in the world are we going to get down? And there, then all of a sudden there was this girl at the bottom of the, the rock formation and she yelled up to us, are you guys okay? Well, I mean she was 300 feet straight down, I couldn't tell for sure, but she might have been cute. <laughs> and so you think we were going to admit that we were stuck? not a chance. All right? I mean not a chance. So we, we of course became the most macho guys in the whole place. We said, "No, no, no, we're fine. We're just taking our taking a, a break, uh catching our breath, uh figuring out how not to die." All right? As we sat on this very precarious ledge and uh, she said, "Well, stay right there. I'll go get help." And of course, Martin, "No, no, 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 no. We don't need any help. We don't need... She said, "I'm a park ranger." She said, someone died on this rock last month. Stay right there. I'll go get help. We said, we'll just be staying right here. You go get help, all right? <laughs> and very quickly, uh, some men arrived, all with the most gl- glorious mustaches you've ever seen in your life. The Rocky Mountain Rescue Patrol lived up to the name, let me tell you. And they scr- scrambled up that rock. They, they're allowed, okay? They got yellow helmets and gear, you know, climbing gear and ropes and things like that that we we left without and so here we were being being brought down and they repelled us down they said oh we see you guys are some professionals here you don't want these nice cushiony little harnesses to repel down we'll just tie the ropes around your stomachs and then repel down with you You have never had a more uncomfortable experience in your life than to have a rope tied around your waist and rappelled down by the Rocky Mountain Rescue Patrol, but it taught us a valuable lesson. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a very valuable lesson, and uh, I returned back there with my family last year when we had the opportunity to travel out there. Seems like last year. It might have been two, three years ago now. I don't know. But uh, I saw that they had greatly upgraded the signs. And so it now is very clear. Do not climb on the rocks without a permit. All right. And uh, so there's there's good advice for you today. Uh, When you are when you find yourself in a situation in life like that, the question is, where do you turn? Right? We had to be rescued by the Rocky Mountain Rescue Patrol. We paid a $400 fine, and by the way, a mandatory court appearance doesn't work real well in your itinerary when you're traveling for the college, right? And so uh, at, the, at the base of the, the rocks, there was a large crowd gathered, and the girls were over in the, our our ensemble girls were over there crying and weeping. I bring this up to this day, and it's traumatic for them, and I had no idea that they even knew where we were. We find that in life sometimes, we, we find ourselves in these sort of precarious, life-threatening situations, and it maybe drives us back to a realization that we depend on God. But the question is, where do we live every day? Where do we live every day? You realize and understand, there are, there are times when it, we become more acutely aware of how precarious our lives are, how much we depend upon the Lord. But the truth is, every day we depend on God. And under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless in this closing time. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the wonderful music that has been sung. Thank you for this great church, the lighthouse in this community. I pray that you continue to bless pastor and the team and all those that serve and labor so faithfully here. I pray, Lord, that, that people would continue to come to know you and be discipled in this place. And Lord, help us tonight, even in these few minutes, to be challenged in our personal walk with you and our dependence upon you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. This last August, my wife and I had the opportunity to travel with our youngest son, Eric, and another couple from Maranatha and their son, uh, Grant. And we got the opportunity to travel over to India. And this is an interesting place in southern India. It's literally on the equator and we were there to, for a pastor's conference and to meet with some college students over there and do some, uh, some training. And uh, while we were there, we made lots of good friends, and we were engaged in all kinds of fun activities. And my wife was making friends with one of the pastor's wives, a lady named C.G. And uh, as the men were playing out on this field, which, you know, you're thinking of a field like a soccer field with luxurious grass and trees and, you know, all these kinds of things. No, their field was just dirt and rocks. And we were playing, we were actually at that time throwing a javelin uh, as far as we could. You know, men are men, right? And so we we found a long pointy stick, and we said, let's see who can throw it the farthest, all right, and so it's a universal language of chucking stuff, all right, and so we did that, and, and so the guys are out there doing this, and the ladies are standing there like, what is even happening right now, which is also a universal language that ladies have, and so what are those guys doing, that you can say that in any language, and so they're standing there, and CG says to Dana, my wife, she says, would you like to go and stand over in the shadows, the shadows. Ooh that sounds mysterious, right? I mean, in India, they use the different terminology. You travel around and you hear different little idioms or phrases. Now, in, in the United States, we would just simply say, do you want to go stand in the shade? It's cooler in the shade. But now I've changed my phraseology completely. I've adopted this. I say, this is awesome. You know, we'll go stand over in the shade. In the, No, not the shade, the shadows. Ooh, now all of a sudden, it's much more mysterious. It's interesting to me that the Bible uses the phrase here that we we might abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What is the connotation here? The idea is that God is our refuge. He is that cool place of solace and comfort. He is, uh, his presence is, is tangible and felt and comforting. But how do we abide in the shadow of the Almighty? Well, we believe this is a psalm actually written by Moses. I wonder if knowing that gives you a little different perspective on some of the phrases that he uses here. For example, when he says that he will cover thee with his feathers, you might think, that's a very strange terminology. Why? Does God have feathers? Does God have wings? That's a strange way to put it. But think of it. If Moses wrote this, Moses who led the children of Israel, who, who assembled the temple furniture, the Ark of the Covenant, where the, the seraphim's feathers, the, the wings would have overstretched the mercy seat that represented the tangible presence of God. And he says here that believers, you and I, God's children, can dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. One commentator put it this way, the most important part of a believer's life is the part that only God sees, the hidden life of communion and worship. And as we contemplate this this concept here of the secret place, the first thing I want to point out to you is that God's presence is a comfort because of who he is because of who he is in the first two verses of this psalm he gives us four different names for god you see he's he's telling us something about god and his comfort for us he says that first of all he calls him god most high he uses the phrase el elion and this reminds us that god is above us god is different he is other He is unlike anything that we are. This reminds us that God is righteous. God is holy. And yet, along with that holiness comes, in some ways, a separation. The fact that you and I cannot attain to the righteousness and the holiness of God. And that is true. That in our natural fallen state, our human condition, with a sin nature, we are separated from God by nature. We are separated from God by sinful choices that we make. And God is most high. That anything else that God does will never tarnish or taint his holiness. That he can never even, as the Bible says, look upon sin. That is how high and holy and exalted God is. And yet, that's not necessarily, to me, a comforting thought. That, that thought in some ways separates me from God. But he goes on to explain to us even more about God. He says in the next phrase here in verse number one, he says that we might abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Here he uses the, the name for God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, that we serve a God who is capable of everything that he is omnipotent, all-powerful, the creator of the universe. And as the creator, he gets to make the rules that God is righteous and holy and high and exalted, but he is also all-powerful, almighty, that he is capable of providing for us. He is capable of delivering us from whatever it is that we are involved with, that God is God almighty. But he gives another word for God. In verse number 2, he says, I will say of the Lord. And in your Bible, those, the word the Lord is probably all caps, which indicates which Hebrew word is being used there. And it means the word, the name for God, Jehovah, the Lord. I am the great self-existent one, the unchanging, eternal God. The name for God that Moses was told by God himself when Moses stood there and was given his commandment to go and to intercede on behalf of Israel with Pharaoh. You remember his question? But but God, who will I tell them sent me? What name should I use to refer to you? And God, the only time that God ever gave a name to himself, he said, tell them I am hath sent you. What a strange name to us, right? What a strange name. What is the implication of it? The implication is that he is always. He is everything. He is self-existent. He, is not, he was not created by anyone. He was not dreamed up by someone. He always was. He is eternal and unchanging. And in, in light of that, We see that he is also referred to at the end of verse number two. He is my refuge and my fortress. And notice the phrase, my God, my God. And the word here is Elohim. It's the name for God that says he is the God of glory. That not only is he holy and righteous and high and lifted up, and not only is he Almighty and El Shaddai, and not only is he the self existent one, Lord God Jehovah, but he is Elohim, the God of glory, the God who deserves glory and worship from us, but who also can, can give us his, his glory, his grace on a daily basis that is what connects us to god that is what uh what what makes it possible through the lord jesus christ for you and i who were alienated by our sins to be reconnected and re reunified with god reconciled as the new testament says reconciled with god through the lord jesus christ and so when we meditate on who god is we are encouraged to trust him I don't know about you, but there are many days that I I go through that I doubt myself. I face a challenge, whether it's at work or in my my family or, or, or in the world around us, and I feel so inadequate to the challenge of the day. And yet you and I serve a God who is never inadequate in any way. He is always and always with us and almighty to intercede on our behalf. And so when we meditate on him, we are encouraged to trust him. But the hidden life of worship and communion makes possible the public life of obedience and service. And so we have seen that God's presence is a comfort to us because of who he is, but God's protection equips us to live faithfully for for him. Notice the next two verses, verse 3 and 4. Surely he shall deliver thee, and verse 5, he shall cover thee, and his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. You see, we're not meant to stay in the protection of the fortress. We're meant to enter the battle. And every day when we go out into the world, we are entering the battle. But as the verse here reminds us and as many passages throughout the New Testament remind us, God equips us to face the enemy every day. Now, I can think of at least two enemies that we face every day. And the first enemy that I face every day is me. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? My flesh is the first enemy that I face every single day. And so I I have to deal with that. That's what this first part of the process is all about. It's about getting into God's word. It's about getting into prayer and communion with God to begin the day and putting on the armor as I'm getting ready to go out into battle. And that equips me. For the battle that I'm about to face, which is my real enemy, my spiritual enemy. And if you don't look around in the world around us and see that we are engaged in spiritual warfare, then you're not paying attention. (laughs) I mean, it is not hard to see these days that you and I have a target on not our back, but the front too, right? And you and I must be equipped for the battle. God's protection equips us to live faithfully. He says his he, he says in verse number four, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now, the shield was a very large, like man-sized shield. And it took just about both your hands just to hold this up. And if you worked together with the man on either side of you, you could build a shield wall that would be very difficult for the enemy to penetrate. But that was a defensive formation. The Bible tells us that God's truth is our shield and buckler what was a buckler I always used to think that word was butler and I thought (laughs) it'd be nice to have a butler right like you ring the bell and they bring you whatever you need no it's a buckler what is that it's another piece of defensive hardware but this one is smaller it's a small shield about the size of a large platter and instead of holding it in your hands you would strap it to your forearm and so you could continue to hold offensive weapons in your fist, in your hand, while at the same time having some protection for your, that you could raise defensively. And so the idea here is not that we would stay behind the defensive wall, but that there are times when we must be offensive, not offensive, right? <laughs> we have to be careful about that, but that we would go on the offense. You see, we need young men and women who are willing to venture out into the world and take positions of authority, to seek out and and find themselves in positions of service in our communities and in the world around us. And that's what we try to do at Maranatha, is to prepare them for that. You see, we're not meant to stay in the protection of the fort. We have to carry our faith into the world with the armor of God, which he provides in order for us to live victoriously. And you see, we are safe In doing the will of God. Flip over in closing, if you would, to Romans chapter number eight, which reminds us of this great truth. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, we'll read a few of these verses. It's a wonderful, it's a marvelous chapter. Uh, Someday, I, I, I tried to memorize the whole chapter, I set out to do that but it's really long. And I'm like old now. And it used to be easy to memorize things like on the way to Iwana, like in the car, I used to be able to memorize all the verses for the night. Now it takes me forever just to memorize one thing. But Romans chapter eight, verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see, God is love. And in his love, he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, that we might be reconciled to God. And that is how we can reconcile how God could be holy and high and lifted up and righteous, and yet also invite us to be with him. Because in Christ, we are adopted into God's family. And he goes on to say in verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any, any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a great promise. What a great promise. And as we look at and contemplate this, this passage, Psalm 91, Every night as we traveled that summer for the Messengers Ensemble, I would uh, give a devotional or a, a, a challenge, my testimony, and always use these two verses. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. But I can tell you that 25 years later, it means a lot more to me now than it did when I was 18 and 19 years old, right? And as we go through life, that sweet journey is a day-to-day process of communion with God. And that private life, that communion with God is what gives us comfort because of who he is in his presence. And his protection equips us to live faithfully for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for its encouragement to us. I pray that as we live each day, we might not neglect the armor that we absolutely need and depend upon, that we might not be foolish like I was in trying to tackle a, a climbing uh, a mountain like that without any preparation, without any equipment. And yet your word, Lord, is providing us with the protection that we need. And so Lord, help us not to uh, hole up in the fort but that we might prepare and we might be willing and courageous to go out and do battle for you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
5: I trust that you'll find comfort in the things of the Lord today and uh, find that uh, wonderful peace that's under There's His shadow. I like that verse. I like that whole passage of Scripture. So. Uh... What we're going to do, we're going to dismiss, and as we go out, the uh, boxes are available for you to drop in an offering for the group. The way we do this, always as a church, we'll take care of the school aspect of it already and budget, but uh, if you'll drop in something, offering plate, we divide it out amongst the students. There's a lot of students. I don't know how many there are. Anybody know? Forty. So, you know, so if we can uh, at least buy them a Twinkie and a Coke, that'd be great, and uh... You know, so drop that in the offering plate on the way out and then uh, if you can give us a few minutes so we'll let you go, say you know things to the choir and stretch a little bit come back in here in about five or six minutes uh, for that real quick business meeting about our carpet in the uh, nursery, that would be great and uh, other than that, let's stand we're going to let you be dismissed thank you all so much, you did a great job I love this, are we done? I'm, you guys, I saw the horns right I thought maybe they're going to do something All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for being a God who takes us in under the shadow of your wing, who holds us in your presence and then makes it where nothing can separate us from you. Uh, We pray that those truths will comfort us as we go our ways this afternoon, give the uh, teams uh, traveling mercies, get them back to school safely so they can finish out their year, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you, keep you, make space, shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless.